0: A little bit. I wanted to ask you, Jason, about um, the career track to get into the intelligence community. And a lot of people have this vision in your head, like I got to go to, uh, you know, Georgetown or wh- whatever the case may be. Yeah. I got to be a triathlon, you know, <laughs> champion or something like this.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, myths about what it even takes. And to be honest with you, when I first came on board, it was the same way. I was the same exact way. Um, I went to, I started college while I was in the Marine Corps and then finished up long after I'd gotten out. And uh, I went to a, you know, a college in New Jersey, nothing special. And I was sitting in a room, it was before I EOD'd, it was like some big group interview thing and all these people were talking about, I went to Yale, you know, I went to Brown, all these other things. and I'm like, crap, there's no way I'm going to make it. And I actually said that to my recruiter and she, this little old lady, looked me in the eye and she's like, don't you ever say that again. You know, she's like, if you're here, it's because we want you. And I was like, okay, all right, calm down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the biggest myth, one, the first thing, the two biggest myths are your education or educational background and physic- your physical, um, physical fitness. Your educational background, if you have a four-year degree, depending on the job you want, most jobs require a four-year degree. Some, um, I want to say the security police officers and maybe some others don't require it, but If you want to be um, in the clandestine service, you have to have a four-year degree. So um, I would encourage anybody, and it doesn't matter what your degree is in. It helps if it's in international affairs, political science, foreign foreign languages, those sorts of things, but you don't have to. It doesn't have to be in those things. Uh, Language, when I was leaving, was becoming a huge, was becoming a really big thing. So um, it may be now that... Uh, usually what happens is you get out of your um, your school, whichever your training is, whether it's a uh, case officer, um, uh, staff operations officer like I was, things like that, and you will either go to your language school or you can go off right to your first station. I think now they're pushing you to go right to language.
0: This is what we encountered too in, um, when, as I was leaving fifth group, mm-hmm. uh, leaving special forces, is that they were putting a much bigger emphasis yeah. on guys attaining a uh, proficiency in their, in their target language yeah. and also keeping it up. While Absolutely. In- yeah. It's a huge yeah. thing.
1: And they dedicate a lot of money to make sure that you have that language down pat. So if you have it coming in, um, besides the fact that it, you know, makes things easier for your career, you get a lot of, you can get a, um, bonus, a, a signing bonus. Yeah. For, it's the same, it's the same yeah. thing in
0: SF now. You you yeah.
1: So yeah. So there's that, um, your education, your, um, you know, language physically, Unless you're uh, going the uh, special activities route, there is no physical requirement. And I don't even know what the physical requirement for uh, special activities would be. Um, Yeah, I think it's probably not quite what you would have gone through or Brandon or somebody who has that background because they're expecting you to have a certain level of physical fitness. Um, But then again, there are others who work in special activities who are not trigger pullers. So. You know, and that's actually not the majority. That's another misconception is you go to special activities, that's all you're doing is your trigger pull. That's absolutely not true. If you're a pro- um, paramilitary uh, operations officer, case officer, you will do, yeah, you might do some of the foreign internal defense stuff, training, blah, 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 but you're going to be out there as well doing a tour, meeting um, a uh, asset in Bulgaria or wherever. You're going to do those things, tr- traditional stuff. So um yeah, that's that's really it. And and another thing, and so the thing that everybody not forgets, but they kind of neglect is um, know what's going on in the world at the time, because they're going to ask you. Like when I came on board, and it may not be the same anymore. Um, I had to write a paper, like a one or two page paper on a current event, and they didn't tell you what it had to be. They just let you pick it. But I'm suspect. I'm you know I'm you know pretty sure that a paper on. Um, you know, Dennis Rodman in North Korea is probably going to hold a little less weight than, you know, the YPG or something like that. So, you know, um, and then know something about the agency. That's another thing they're going to want to know. You're going to be asked at some point, why did you pick us? And if it's because I want to do spy shit or because, um, you know, don't you guys issue like a wife when you go overseas? No. Um Again, when I was uh, interviewing for it, I got a phone call. That's, and this all goes hand in hand. But listen carefully to what you're being told because there's little clues in there. Like for me, for instance, I had a face-to-face interview. And then I was doing a phone interview. Actually, the phone interview was first. I was in college at the time. So the recruiter said to me, hey, is it okay? Are you going to be available at, uh, on Thursday at seven zero seven thirty one in the morning? I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, sure. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I'm going to call you then. The night before, it clicked. I was like, 7.31. I need to be on that phone, sitting by that phone at 7.31. Sure enough, 7.31. And she even asked me, do you have a cell phone? Yes. We're going to use the time on your cell phone. And that's going to carry throughout your career as well, as a matter of fact. But um, my phone hit 7.31. It rang. It was her. And she said, I wanted to make sure, number one, that you were good to your word. Number two, that you can keep time. You know, be somewhere on time. And number three, that you listen to what I was saying to you. Because all that plays into when you have to meet an asset and, and you, you have a window. Yeah, and you're telling that person a certain time. If they're on time and you're not, number one, they can either A, get rolled up or B, just walk away because you're not there. And B, that's your credibility and your word. So they're going to want to know those things. So it, it comes down to a lot of different things. Integrity is one of them. um you know, all those things are, uh, are pretty, um, all of those things are important, but there is no physical, you know, um, I've worked with people in wheelchairs, people who have cerebral palsy, um, people who are, um, what's that called? A cochlear implant thing who are deaf, people who are blind. But that, they're there because they're intellectuals. Yes. They're there because intellectually they fit the bill. They, they're what the, um, agency was looking for. And, um so yeah and did i work with some complete and utter assholes absolutely they had the ba- the educational background they had all that stuff but the one thing that they'll tell you when you go through your training the one thing that they cannot teach you is to be a human being if you're just a complete ass yeah. you can have all those other skills but if you can't build rapport with the person that's sitting across from you because you're looking down on him because he is a you know a goat farmer or or that term that we all love to use goat humper which i can't stand if you, if you he picks that up he's going to stop he's going to shut down right there he's not going to tell you a thing
0: i remember i was once told <clears throat> that the, the key to human intelligence is empathy
1: absolutely so you, somebody who's a sociopath or a psychopath they're not going to no. last long in this career nope. field and they can pick it out P, assets are not stupid they're if they're I'm not gonna say smart enough to come to you because they're risking their life, but yeah, they're smart. If they have the wherewithal to come to you with this information, to meet with you, to do all these crazy things that you're asking them to do, (laughs) you know, why am I walking six blocks up and making a left turn? Doing why are you telling me to do all that? Um, If they're doing that, they have some sort of intelligence about them. So they're gonna pick up if you're looking down on them for any reason, or you have some sort of misconception about them, you know. And actually, and it goes the other way too. They may be from a place where looking at me as a black man, they may be like, "What the hell is he I'm not gonna who is this guy? You know? And it just doesn't work out. That's when I have to be the bigger person and turn turn it turn back around. around. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, bring it back down to earth. But yeah, they can't teach you to be a human being. If you don't have it, you just don't have it.
0: For the person that was considering, you know, applying to an agency like the Central Intelligence mm-hmm. Agency are there any, like, books or literature you'd recommend, something written by former agency
1: employees that um,
0: they should take a look at?
1: Yeah, there's a, a couple of different ones. Um, Lindsay Moran's book, um, and I'm, all these names are going to escape me, but Lindsay Moran's book is pretty good. It's I think it's a little short. But um, she, I don't think she did it for very long, but she did it long enough where she was successful. She was pretty
0: Yeah, she worked successful. in the Eastern
1: Europe. Yeah, 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 very successful in her career. That was a good book. And that's the other thing they're going to, require you to read, if they still do it, certain books. Um, let's see, Charles Fattis's, uh book, um, he's got a couple of different books. Uh, Beyond Repair is a good re- book, but you have to read certain books, like his book. He's basically saying the agency is broken and it needs to get fixed this way. So if you go in thinking, I'm going to work for a broken organization, you know, <laughs> I kind of jade you a little bit. But if you go in with an open mind that this guy did it for 20 plus years, you know, he knows a little bit about what he's talking about. Um, let's see. Now I'm, I'm, I'm completely blanking on the name of these books. But yes, any book that you can read on the agency, whether you think it's good or bad, you know, whether it's positive or negative, any book will, will help because it'll give you a little bit more... The, the ones for me are more, less of the facts, you know, the agency started, you know, with the national... I met
0: with this guy on the street corner.
1: Yeah, it's more... I mean, you know, you know, back in 1962, I met with this Russian because now you're getting the mindset of the person who is actually out there doing these things. Um, you know, it's for me, the ones that meant the most to me were the ones who were the quote unquote grunts on the street who were meeting assets, things like that, rather than the policy, you know, the one, I was the, the president's, director, Yeah, the yeah. Or that. I was a president's briefer or like, um. Uh, that, uh, HBO documentary that I think it's HBO that's on, um, Spymaster. Um, that's a good one. I really enjoyed that documentary, but you're looking at it from a 30,000 foot level. Whereas yeah. the books about the guy who is, and gal who's down on the street, those are the best ones.
0: So the other thing, interesting thing that you two guys did after you finished your Syrian adventure is uh you're both gluttons for punishment so you rolled over to ukraine just as the war was heating up <laughs> uh, and uh, jamie i was wondering uh, you had a great story about how you <laughs> rolled into that country and what happened like in those first like 24 48 hours i mean there's some stuff i'm pretty sure book won't uh, want us to say but uh no i mean
2: rolling into rolling into ukraine was just complete madness um you know book like brings me up and he's like hey man like you want to go to ukraine i was like my is gonna kill us you know just got kind of just got back from Syria, you know, just got back from Christmas and that, and he's like, "Nah, come on, we'll go. It's January. Let's let's, let's go to Ukraine." So we roll into Kiev, and um, you know, we, we still didn't have a contact at this point. What we did? We didn't have a contact just yet. Well,
0: we had kind of a contact.
2: Yeah, well, kind yeah. of a contact. Kind yeah. of a contact, but we had nobody solid within inside of a part it. of a sort of a lead. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't have anybody solid within a unit, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, it was swampy. Swampy actually got in touch with uh, swampy. Got in touch with me because he wanted to go to Syria. Mm-hmm. To obviously go and fight with the YPG, and I was like, Nah, fuck that man's place is so much better. And um, he was like, Okay, so where are you at? We were like, Oh, yeah, so we're in Kiev. And it was that night. Me and uh, we were walking down Maiden, down to Maiden Square, weren't we? And um, it was a really like, similar, like a, I don't know, it was a really um, picturesque in a way, wasn't it? You had all the little candles were all like lit up. The clo- the road was all like closed down all these pictures of all these fallen ukrainian soldiers you know you've got the ukrainian flag like waving in the air it's like it looks all like the, a scene all the you know. buildings
0: were like covered in Ukrainian flags yeah, and, like, yeah one building was completely covered in a flag yeah just walking out of the main drag and it was like it was such a trip too because like the streets were closed off and it was all in remembrance of Maidan, which happened in like almost exactly a year after we got there so the massive remembrance there and also uh dedication essentially to everybody who died in ato at that point so the all of Maidan square was covered in like placards and candles and everything recognizing the war dead at that point. So it was like we're walking right into that. Like, holy shit, it's a little solemn It's, it's going down to the front.